welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, ML Roostrack. Basically, you know, to do my own thing. You don't listen to anyone. You listen to your heart. Do what sets your soul on fire. Don't listen to them. I can't believe that you really made me stop pitching. And though I think about it, yeah, it got me tripping. And now I'm having visions of you and me forever. They say it's locked down. I say it makes me better. My boo gon' love this. Homies gon' think it's cheesy. But I'm still in the hood. And I'm still talking greasy. I just found something real. Someone that I could chill. Without no problems, no drama. Someone I really feel. What was this man without you? See, you became my world. You sexy lady drive me crazy. You my favorite girl. No more wildin' with the homies and hanging in the clubs. Cause God sent me an angel. Yeah, sent for my Oh. For your love, don't wanna waste your time It's you I want forever and forever's a long time I'm ready for your love, I wanna spend my time With you and no one else, until the end of time Cause I'm ready for your love, don't wanna waste your time It's you I want forever and forever's a long time Cause I'm ready for your love, I wanna spend my time With you and no one else, until the end of time I'm ready for your love And now it's been a year Yesterday, I scooped you up, gave you a hug, you stole my heart away I knew I wanted to keep you when you sat down in the seat No matter of fact, it was when I saw you walking in the street I told my dude, look at that girl, ain't she a beauty? Pretty face, thin waist, and a nice booty She had me straight like, whoa, she had my heart thumping Sort of like beast beats up in the car bumping I wanted you on my side, saw it no other way Love was in the air cause it was Valentine's Day Like where you been all my life when I was in the slums I want you to be the one I'm ready for ready your love, for your girl love. Don't wanna waste your time It's you I want I'm 
and the reporter refuses to reveal, disclose his sources for his stories, and uh, which raises the uh, conjecture that maybe he had no sources and he made them up. Uh, on the other hand, he has a constitutional right, at least in the state of Illinois, to protect his sources and not reveal them. So how the lawyers have to work around this, and uh, the title of the book, Bad Lies, mm-hmm. is a um, play on words, because in the game of golf, the word lie refers to how the ball is sitting. If it's sitting nice, high, and easy to strike, uh, it's called a good lie, and if it's down, buried in the rough, it's called a bad lie. And of course, in this case, the magazine wrote what our golfer thought were bad lies, so it's kind of a double play in words. And um, uh, the story is really the first page starts with the trial, and it the whole book goes through the trial, but the nice thing about writing of trials is you don't stay in the courtroom because the witnesses take you back into other times and places. And uh, and the important thing about this, having been a corporate lawyer and an executive of the company, um, I know that uh, lawsuits are not only battled out in the courtroom, but the intrigue takes place in the sponsors' offices, the lawyers' offices, restaurants, bars. Uh, right, it goes beyond just the courtroom anywhere. Yes. We see it so much on yeah, social so I media. Take the, I take the reader. I, yeah, I take the reader at all these venues, mm-hmm. so you can see how the lawyers are working out their strategy, how the lives of the clients and the witnesses are affected, and. Um, the reviews have been excellent, and I had this book, even though I've practiced law my whole life for, since I was, got out of law school, I, um, I had this book vetted by some distinguished trial lawyers uh, to make sure that everything legal was stuff is you know, right. perfectly authentic. I mean, even to the point that in Chicago, who swears in the witness? Is it the judge or the court reporter? You know, I, I mean, I made it very authentic, and uh, and... And, of course, there's the backstory, because in the middle of this whole thing, uh, the ubiquitous woman shows up who claims to have had a one-nighter with our hero uh, in which he physically abused her and how the lawyers have to deal with that and keep it away from the jury and the press who's covering the case. So it, it, it kind of comes in from all four corners into the center. And, uh, and as I say, it's being well-received. And Tony Jacklin has been a become a very close friend, and he's a he's a Brit, and um, and uh, in fact, the Friday he's going to be on the Golf Channel, being talking about the book on TV, and um, he lended uh, some very valuable authenticity to the lives of the golfer and the caddies and and the tour and dealing right, with sponsors. That- Right, because that's, yeah. that's something that we non-pro golfers know about. We don't know how they do their tours. We don't know how the caddies' lives are, the golfers' lives. We just see what's on TV. Oh, we get in everything from the caddies' poker games to how the how the caddies and the pros uh, travel from tour stop to tour stop, and how they arrange for babysitters. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a whole different life out on the tour. You know, where do you get your right. pants pressed? <laughs> So, uh, so it was, it was a, a lot of fun working with Tony, and I enjoyed that's writing great it. That you're, and as, right, and that's and great. Right, that's great. Yeah, no, it's great that you have yeah. a celebrity helping you 
put the authenticity in your work? And well, then you have and a, it's, it's helpful. It's helpful, but for any aspiring authors out there, I will uh, warn them that you have to have the rules of engagement <laughs> about who writes what, <laughs> because you know sometimes we sit there and bang heads about how to treat a certain scene, and um, and of course, being uh, from England, Tony doesn't know how to spell words like color and flavor. <laughs> you know, he has the O U R. Right. <laughs> but uh, but it was all in jest. We had a lot of laughs, and we become very close, and our families have become close. That's in fact, excellent. we just got back from England where we were doing a little promotional tour in the book. So what part of England were you visiting promoting this book? We were in uh, London, uh, two venues just north of London. Uh, there were two golf tournaments. Uh-huh. And uh, we played in the tournaments in the pro-am divisions and um, signed books and gave little talks. And... Uh, one of the courses we played was the Belfry, which golfers will recognize as one of the famous Ryder Cup and British Open courses. And, okay. uh, and it was fun. And the people over there, you know, being in England with Tony is, uh, is a real experience because he's so well known that you walk into a hotel and his picture's in the lobby, you know, next to the Queen. <laughs> so so it's, um, uh, it was a real pleasure and treat for us. And uh, the whole experience has been fun. Great. Now, do you have any... Usually writing books isn't that much fun. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you have any um, promotionals or places you're going to be promoting this book here in America? Well, as I say, uh, Friday morning, the day after tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what day this is being aired, but on the uh, Friday the um, 14th. Tony is going to be on the Golf Channel on television. That's a morning show. It's called The Morning Drive. And I don't know what time specifically his section will, segment will be on, and it'll probably be repeated. It's, a, it's on for four hours in the morning. And right at the moment, that's our only um, media TV promotion in the works. We have two or three radio uh, engagements going on, including this one. But we're working on that now. And, of course, today the game is social media, which is right. a total mystery to me. Uh, and using Facebook and Kindle and all those things is uh, maddening. But uh, that's where the action is, is these days. There's a br- brilliant philosophy behind it. And I'm just going back to school for a marketing degree and learning the mm-hmm. strategy behind using social media, it takes all the hair pulling out of target social media. Media. Oh, I, I, I know how important it is, and I'm on the board of a couple of companies that are very deep into social media and, oh, um, yeah. and how important it is to their, their business. And uh, when it comes up to board meetings and other meetings on the tenant, I kind of, I'm kind of quiet, you know, I, I call my grandchildren to tell me how to do something on Facebook, <laughs> so, like everybody else. <laughs> I, I find um, a lot of authors that do that, um, or their children or grandchildren, their nieces yeah. and nephews even. But it's like I just got promoted into being the director of marketing for my publishing house. Ooh. So, oh, yeah. wow. Good for you. So yeah. well, I you know, am it's, now um, 
the the whole writing thing has changed so much. The um, when I first started writing my first book, I had a yellow pad and a pencil, right. uh, which Nelson DeMille, DeMille, the famous author, still does. But I quickly learned how to do uh, word processing on a computer. And to me, I mean, I we get amazed every day at things, you know, how you get a man on the moon and how our pioneers cross the country in wagons. What I can't understand is how people wrote books before computers. Uh you know, where you can move things around and cut and paste mm-hmm. and, and research. You don't right. ever have to leave your desk. You can look up any fact on the Internet while you're sitting there. Right. Uh, it, it, it's guess, amazing yeah. how hundreds of years ago they were writing books without the computer. We think about it now like oh. we can't do it. Oh, not even hundreds. I think of Ernest Hemingway with a typewriter. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you want to write something about... Well, it was 1943, and you want to mention something in the headlines. There, you just punch it in now. You used mm-hmm. to have to go to the library to fill those blanks. And, right. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun and uh, learning that. But I think I've, I've exhausted my little talent <laughs> with word processing. Yes, I, I, I. Well, in 2011, I had to relearn how to hold a pencil. So there went my ability to have my <laughs> writing tablet and it forced me to use the computer at that point so oh yeah okay uh, so. but anyway i hope you get a chance to read it i think you'll find it enjoyable i'm surprised that of course my friends are complimentary mm-hmm. but i've been getting a lot of uh messages from people i don't know um how they enjoyed the book and uh and the postings on the amazon re- reader reviews have been Beautiful, and uh, five star reviews. I'm heartened by the I'm heartened by the fact that um, the reader doesn't have to know have any pre knowledge of law or golf. It, I, that's all explained a little bit about the the golf, and um, it's just a drama. You know, it's a it's an emotional tug of war. As all courtroom dramas are. Uh, exactly. My first book was about a will contest. So what could be more boring? And it reached number seven in the country. Right. Um, because the drama in the courtroom, you know, people fight as hard for their lives as they do for their freedom, <laughs> for their money, I mean, as they do for their freedom sometimes. Oh, I I know a lot of family that has a lot of drama going around with wills. I'm like, really? This is an excellent book, but being in the center of it is not fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it all started, uh, I don't want to digress too much, but when I was a very young lawyer just out of school, I was appointed by a judge in probate court to be involved in an estate, and it involved a Catholic priest who died and uh, had no money. I mean, he was, you know, he just uh, had a vow of poverty, and uh, he had a one-page handwritten will leaving everything to the church. But when they went through his apartment, they found a few million dollars in ones and fives and tens, <laughs> and it raised all sorts of problems. And um, God could have been stolen, you know, and and everything. Well, as long as the church gets it, but then another will pops up, and a witness to the will turns out to be fictitious, and uh, that was the story of my first book. And it was based on a true case. Uh, wow! Although I changed it around a little bit, um, of course. But but uh, um, yeah, courtroom dramas are 
every case could be a story, a movie, or a book. But uh, very true. Now, yeah. while we have you on here, where can our listeners sure. find you? Uh, they could find my book on Amazon. Um, that's the easiest place. There's a website uh, that you could order. It's called badlies.net, all one word. Um, but Amazon is the easiest, I think. And I, and it's also available on Kindle uh, or e-books. And um, the cover price is twenty nine ninety five, I believe. Uh, I think Amazon sells it for less. I shouldn't say for sure. And I know the Kindle version is is like I don't know seven or eight dollars, um, and uh, that's been popular. Um, and uh, I urge people to read it. I think they'll enjoy it. And where can uh, the readers? I wish I could say. I wish I could offer a money back guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> right. But where can readers connect with you personally? Okay, well, that's easy. Um, I do have Facebook, although I'm not very good at it. And I, I'm very uh, attentive to my email. And it's easy. It's my name. It's Shelby, S-H-E-L-B-Y, Yastro, Y-A-S-T-R-O-W, dot com. Shelby at Yastro.com. That's probably and, one uh, of the easiest emails I've heard yet. Yeah, it's like a vanity license plate. <laughs> and um, and they're, they could Google my name if they're not sure of the spelling. And uh, I'm on, on there. And um, and I'd be happy. I'm, one of my weaknesses is that I read and respond to emails. <laughs> so people I should would be not call wary. That if they send me something, yeah, if someone sends me something, they should mm-hmm. be wary that they might get a four-page response. <laughs> but that's that's the plague of a writer. You know? Yes, it is. We like to connect with our readers. And that's the whole reason why we do radio interviews, why we do TV, and why we put our emails out there so we can interact with mm-hmm. the reader. Right. Well, this has been I mean, a pleasure. I hope if there's anything else you'd like to talk about, I'm happy to do it if uh, if not, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, I would, you know, I'm eager to hear this when it's uh, broadcast. Oh, I will have this probably broadcasted as soon as possible, and we will get you all the broadcasting information. That would be wonderful, as, yeah, so I could give it to my publisher. Oh, of course. And, and that's always and we could, in the Maybe we could, post, we could post this on our site, sure. Mm-hmm. And, of course, our listeners can always listen to it on Atlanta Mix 108's website as well. So we do have you okay, good. a lot of coverage that we will make sure we get you because we want to see your book succeed. That's our biggest goal. <laughs> Isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, I'm a very close friend of a well-known author, fictional author, Scott Turow, who's mm-hmm. a bestseller. And we practiced law together. We handled a couple of cases together. And, uh, Scott, who's, of course, one of the top, and his books have been made into movies, he said, every author in the world thinks that his or her publisher is doing a lousy job and doesn't do enough marketing. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, we all feel that we've written the great American novel, and Mm -hmm. we all haven't quite done that, but I'd like to think that we did here. 
is a I mean, you have fantastic solid five star reviews on Amazon and that's so hard to get readers to give a five star review that's authentic. So good job. Oh yeah, and in fact, you know, my publisher said our publisher said, you know, have your friends do it. And I, I couldn't do that. You know, I'm embarrassed. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, one or two of those names I recognize, but they're last time I looked, they're about 18 or 20. And uh, I wish I could reach out to those people and thank them. They have, they have impeccable taste. <laughs> they do, see? Anyone that has, <laughs> yeah, they give a five-star review on Amazon has impeccable taste in literature as a whole. <laughs> or, so. or patience. Her patience. <laughs> yes, yeah. and this book, this book, uh, it's interesting. If I could just throw this out, it might be interesting to your listeners. Of course. Uh, when I was through with the book, uh, we talked to several publishers. Fortunately, we had some choices, and I was surprised that most every one of them said, "That yeah, was really great. We'd like to publish it, but it's too long." <laughs> what do you mean it's too long? You don't measure a book by the pages. But, you know, there is a, um, in the industry, there's this attitude that if a book is too long, it, uh, it's thick. People won't read it. And people get intimidated by the thickness. Mm-hmm. And if it's too thin, they figure they're not getting their money's worth. Right. You know, I said, they said, can you get it down to uh, X number of words? I said, that's like going to the bank and asking for four inches of money. You know, you don't measure a book that way. But I was convinced, so I went in and and uh, edited the book from uh, 160,000 words to about 130,000 words. And for anyone out there who ever tries to write something, deleting 30,000 words that you spent months writing is like cutting your liver out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so hard. But... Uh, oh. But we did it. We did it, and we got it. It's still pretty long, but it's uh, manageable. And uh, uh, but we got it. We, it it's, but it's a fast-moving book. And Jack Nicholas, who is probably the most famous golfer in the world today, uh, wrote a very nice testimonial on the back cover of our book, in which he said it's a fascinating page-turner. And uh, just if I could add one thing, he and Tony and Tony wrote a preface in the book. Mm-hmm. Both noted the um, striking similarity between preparing for a major trial, as the characters in the book did, and preparing for a major golf tournament um, or athletic event. And while the lawyers study every document and every witness and every word, how the golfers study the grain of the grass and the wind, and you know, and uh, and how no matter how much the lawyer or the golfer repairs, the result is usually the inevitable result of a stroke of luck, good luck or bad luck somewhere. A lost document or a witness who all of a sudden lost his memory or gains his memory. And, uh, and I think anyone who is involved in sports and golf would see that. Uh, it's like everything else in life. Preparation is the, you know, the necessary ingredient to success. Right. But it looks like that's all the time we have, and I know your time is very valuable, and we're you're stretched thin this week, anyways. So I walk. Thank well, you again for nice to say. being on the okay, show well, today. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm 
I'm happy to accommodate you, and I, anytime we can talk, I'd love to do it. And, and uh, hello to all your listeners out there. And Atlanta, good night and happy reading. Okay.